This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Gabby and by ExpressVPN. So, look, if you're a bit confused about the fact that the UK royal family has dominated the entire news cycle for the past few days, you're not alone. Especially if you're an American whose passing knowledge of the royal family is limited to the Queen being extremely old, uh, Princess Diana dying in the 90s, and Buckingham Palace being the biggest tourist attraction that that country has to offer. And Prince Philip dying seemingly every other week, but never actually dying. And Prince Andrew doing a little bit of Prince party Andrew, with, uh, uh, with the, uh, the, the Jeffrey Epstein on, guy from the memes. Hanging out over on Little St. James. Yeah. Now, it, it shouldn't be shocking at all that the royal family has a pretty terrible track record on most things, and it definitely doesn't surprise us that they treated Prince Harry's wife, Meghan Markle, like shit. So when an interview with the couple and Oprah Winfrey aired this past weekend, we just didn't care all that much because nothing that was going to be said would surprise us, and we knew it would paint the royal family in a bad light, and then people would obsess, uh, people who obsess over the royals would spend days, if not weeks, uh, fighting with people who are normal about how it's somehow disrespectful for Harry and Meghan to explain their experience living through uh, and then escaping one of the most famous families on earth. The, the the monarchy defense squad makes the Biden-Harris defense squad look like amateur hour. If you think that the Elon Musk defense squad is annoying, no. wait till you see the royal defense squad. Yeah. Real leaders are inbred. <laughs> In the days leading up to this landmark interview, which mm -hmm. aired on CBS, uh, the royal family initiated a predictable and fairly weak preemptive strike against Meghan Markle where they tried to damage her character by calling her a bully and sometimes mean. Yeah. Which is pretty tame considering that throughout time, the go-to tactic for silencing their critics would be... Uh, he didn't say it. Or, or, or... More recently. Well, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, they killed Princess Diana. No, they didn't. <laughs> or did they? I, who knows? I don't know. Allegedly. But yeah, the fact that these stories were coming out before the interview, uh, that was a clear sign that the family was worried about what was going to be said. And they should have been because it makes them look like assholes because they are. Yes. And this isn't some new revelation, no. as we've already said. Uh, but uh, quickly, here are some of the main points that were said during this interview that made the headlines. Yeah. Uh, uh, Harry and Meghan were cut off financially and lost royal protection after defecting from the royal family and moving to Canada and then to the United States. I mean, not a big deal there, I guess. Pretty sure they have already are set for life. And they also have deals with major studios here in California yeah. for work. Plus, they'll probably just focus the majority of their lives and wealth on philanthropy. Um, all things considered, Prince Harry seems like a pretty great person. Yeah, he seems... Cons yeah, considering uh, just his entire background, just the weird shit that his childhood must have uh, been... Seems like a fairly well-adjusted guy, which is the, pretty much the most you can ask for yeah. for someone of his station mm -hmm. in life. And look, if they want, they can hire their own bodyguards. But living in California as a famous person, it's a lot different than living in England as a fucking royal. So probably not even necessary in most cases. Yeah, just buy a house in Malibu that's hard to get to. Yeah. But yeah, Done. <laughs> the big one here, the big revelation is that someone in the palace, an unnamed person expressed concerns over how dark their child's skin color would be, which is an extremely fucked up thing to be concerned about, but it's also something that we're not really shocked that someone in the royal family would be worried about. Yeah. Oh, baby. So, have, it, have you thought about the fact that... So, 
how how dark do you think the baby's going to be? Because if you would just have fucked someone related to the family, then it would. You know. Harry, Harry, we introduced <laughs> to so many beautiful like fifth generation like like <laughs> one line family tree, translucent skinned uh, aristocratic women. Uh, you weren't interested in any of them. You were actually interested in this. Uh, actual like talented American woman who didn't come from wealth who also seems like pretty cool and is really hot. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? What a betrayal. Anyway, so the revelation about the the comments about the skin, uh, coupled with the rest of the interview, which has a lot more to get upset about if you if you thought the royal family had some kind of impeccable impeccable track record. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It. <laughs> this would throw all of that into a ball of chaos if you were. Naive enough to think so. Yeah. But mainly you've got tabloids and press just getting uh, outraged at the wrong thing. They're, they're mad that someone would attack the royals. Yeah. Um, keep in mind that British tabloids are insane. <laughs> like yeah. They're famous for being completely unhinged all the time. And also, like, in America, the line between tabloid and news is... It's getting blurrier, but it's still pretty clearly defined. In the UK all news except for maybe like the London Times and the BBC feels like a tabloid if you're yes. an American and you're looking at it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the entire British media has treated Mar Meghan Markle like shit. They've treated her as a pariah since it was first announced that she and Harry were even dating. Yes, very bad stuff. And there's like obvious like racist undertones to all of it. Yeah. Though they'll never admit it. Anyway, the day following the Oprah interview, British outlet Express published 50 separate articles blasting Meghan Markle in less than 24 hours. Fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> yeah, it, like I said, British tabloids completely unhinged. Listen, I can say this because I talk way more shit on my own country all the fucking time. There is something going on with Britain <laughs> and has been for a long time. Like, yeah. Brit the UK is the craziest fucking country on earth. Crazier than Great the US. people, though. Salt of the earth. Normal people out there, wonderful. Your average Joe in Britain... Fun, fun to have a pint and a laugh with. Yeah, a bit of banter. But they're, the the class breakdown in the UK is still fairly old school. So everyone who's actually in charge of like the media and like just any cultural narratives over there is just a, a weird inbred <laughs> and like and and they have a lot of influence on the country. Mm -hmm. And you get people like fucking J.K. Rowling who are like, I'm under attack by the trans community. Everyone's like. Yeah, we should do something about these trans people. They're ruining everything. Ugh. Anyway, yeah, pure insanity over there. You lucked out, EU. Yeah. Anyway, there, <laughs> there was some good that came out of all this, though. Uh, people were once again reminded of how crazy the royal family is and the people who worship them are. And also Piers Morgan finally went so far off the deep end that it cost him his job. Or, sorry, he was canceled. Oh, or, sorry, he quit. Mm -hmm. uh, Piers Morgan has been obsessed with Meghan Markle for years and has taken every opportunity to trash her because, and this is true, Yeah, he, uh, he claims that she once ghosted him or something. He thinks he had a shot and then Harry met her like the next day and it just like ruined. I think it goes as far as, yeah, uh, if it weren't for Pierce Morgan or, or, or if it wasn't for Prince Harry, Prince, uh, Pierce Morgan would have a shot. Here. Yeah, he says he like met her at a party and he's like, yeah, we really clicked and like, uh, yeah, I was really like, we were going to bone, you know, and then the next day she met Prince Harry and it's just like ruined my chance. It's, it's some real incel shit. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, because Piers Morgan is in general just a fucking terrible person yeah. who seems to take the wrong stance on 
nearly every topic. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> taking the wrong stance uh, on Meghan Markle. Uh, yeah, oh. so... Uh, Anyway, yeah, he's like he's sort of like the UK's Ted Cruz, but with far less power, mm -hmm. but not as far less as you'd think. Because again, the media in the UK has way too much influence over the culture there. Anyway, he was obviously piping mad about this interview and had no shortage of things to say about how disrespectful Meghan Markle was being. But he also added in that he thinks she's lying about having had suicidal thoughts, which understandably caused his employer ITV to open an investigation into his, uh, frankly. Uh, fucked up and rude remarks. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, the following day, Piers got in. He got in an argument with a co-host on his morning show, uh, a black woman who brought up a lot of valid points about uh, the racial undertones about all this. But he just sort of yelled at her and stormed off. Uh, he quit on the spot. Bonk. Bonk. No more Pierce Morgan. But look, uh, while we're on the topic of royalty, uh, the British royal family isn't the only member of a monarchy to make headlines for bad reasons this week. Because in what we can only view as an attempt to draw attention away from the drama surrounding Buckingham Palace, the King of Burgers, Burger King, utilizing the UK's brand account, suspiciously enough, they did a little tweeting on Monday morning, International Women's Day, where they bluntly proclaimed, women belong in the kitchen. Which, I mean, that obviously pissed off a bunch of people. Yeah. That was the intention behind it. Yeah. And it's not like they didn't know exactly what they were doing and what kind of reaction it would have. Yeah, this was a bold move. And it did not pay off. No. So, now, you see that first tweet, women belong in the kitchen. What the fuck? You, you rage click on it. And uh, just below that tweet, which is no longer there. <laughs> but just below that tweet, originally, there was a follow-up tweet uh, continuing the sentence, adding... Yet only 20% of chefs are women. We're on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant <laughs> industry by empowering female employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career. Oh! <laughs> oh, oh! Oh! Well, that's fine then. Yeah, no, okay. Wow. Yeah, uh, we all understand now. That's very brave of you, Burger King. Yeah, at first, they, like, I just <laughs> imagine like a, a, like a woman scrolling through Twitter and being like, oh my fucking God, and then opening it, and then like rainbows and happiness and like a single tear. Like, they really do care. Wow. I shouldn't have judged a tweet by its cover. I really am too sensitive. Thank you, Burger King. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, they were right. Yeah, a lot of people, um, a lot of women especially, on, on their international day were, of course, shocked by this whole thing and fired off multiple, uh, the best time to delete this was before posting it and such various other well, meme responses, alongside a healthy dose of responses, simply calling Burger King out for posting a tweet that was clearly meant to antagonize people. That was the whole point. That we, it yeah. was a gotcha. You can't pretend that, like, <laughs> there's there's no gray area here. You, <laughs> you know what you Your were doing. entire strategy with this was to come off as antagonistic and then... Then be like, aha, gotcha. On International Women's Day, where it is actually, I'm a hero. Actually, we are the we are being pro women. Actually, you're welcome. Yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> I, it's it's strange. Yeah, so there there were numerous clever examples that people made on Twitter showing how it would be received if you replace women in the kitchen with uh, various other marginalized people and groups. And uh, yeah, people they got the point across. Yeah, I, I don't even feel safe uh, sharing the images of uh, the comparisons that were made because they are extreme on purpose because that's how ridiculous this looked. Yeah. Jeremy uh, from Hard Times had a great one. You'll find it. Mm -hmm. But even fellow fast food icons were chiming in to tell Burger King that they'd made a royal mistake. Uh-oh, the brands are talking. <laughs> Shut up, brand. 
Uh, KFC Gaming responded with a meme of the colonel on a whiteboard saying to delete the post, to which Burger King replied, why would we delete a tweet that's drawing attention to a huge lack of female representation in our industry? This is like the most bizarre <laughs> virtue signaling sort of thing I've ever so seen. So strange. Uh, they did, the, even though they said, why would we delete the tweet, they did end up deleting the tweet, like we said. <laughs> But yeah, this whole ridiculous episode was summed up quite nicely by Washington Post reporter Gene Park, whose tweet was the first thing that we saw Monday morning and really drove home how absurd it is every single day to just wake up and open up Twitter.com. Good morning. This is Burger King's response to the Kentucky Fried Chicken gaming console's allegation of sexism. <laughs> we are living in a fucking simulation, I swear to God. Uh, and my favorite part of this was so they, they posted on like Burger King UK. Yeah. Because that's when it was scheduled to go up on UK time. Mm -hmm. uh, it went up over there immediately. People were like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and um, so there would have presumably been a Burger King US tweet to go up uh, along with that. our time zone. Sure. That presumably was canceled. But it was too late. Uh, because this was a whole fucking, like, ad ad, this was a, a media blitz. They had planned out. They're like, we're going to put this everywhere. So This is genius. So, it, it's the smartest decision we've made since the invention of the Whopper. So it had been, like, several hours of, like, straight up backlash. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? And then the next morning in, like, the fucking New York Times... There's full a page. Full page out of, women belong in the kitchen. <laughs> Just kidding. Gotcha. Yeah. We actually respect women. Pull out the magnifying lens. Amazing. Uh, it... Just what a way to kick off the week. Uh, and look, I'm sticking with my conspiracy theory that the royal family called up and they were like, we need to set someone to take the SEO heat Listen, off of the royal family. Royalty to royalty. We need you to... <laughs> you guys need to fall on the knife here for yeah. us. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's not even the only fast food mascot that went viral online yesterday for the wrong reasons. Because, <sighs> folks, Papa John, the Papa himself... Mm -hmm. John Schnatter is back in the news. Now, if you recall, Papa John has had a while the past couple of years. Uh, first, he pissed off a lot of people when he said that in order to provide his employees with health insurance, uh, they'd have to raise the prices of their pizza by 11 to 14 cents. So can't do it. Uh, but like everyone was like, wait, that's it. <laughs> Please go ahead. Yeah, we don't care that that as a small price to pay to ensure that your workers aren't being exploited and like aren't fucking coughing all over my food if they get sick. Anyway, he still didn't raise their wages. Then he laid his company's troubles on the National Football League and blamed poor sales on the fact that the league allowed their players to kneel and uh, that somehow that somehow made people upset at Papa John's because they were a league sponsor. Yeah. Um, and then he just straight up said the N-word on a conference call that was literally about him learning how not to say racist and inflammatory things. Yeah. Uh, his explanation for why he said the N-word is like, uh, he, he said it in a non-racist way. He said it in a, I'm trying not to be racist way. But he said it, for but, sure. He also said it, I don't know if it was the same time. I think it's the same, it had to be the same call. But he was like, Colonel Sanders is racist. And he said this, and then proceeded to say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he got away with it. And it's like, wait, so I wait, can't even say the N-word in reference to other people's quotes? Hold but on. Also, when he was like, but if Colonel Sanders got away with it, why can't I? Like, well, is that the... Colonel Sanders has been dead for 50 years, yeah. sir. Much like Dr. Seuss, you can't cancel a dead person. Yeah. So, okay, look, by that point, he was no longer CEO of Papa John's, nor the company's spokesperson, uh, which sent him 
completely off the rails, resulting in the now famous interview segment where he explained that the people who are now in charge of Papa John's were ruining everything and that he'd eaten 40 pizzas in 30 days to prove that the quality had dipped. I mean, he definitely looked like a man who had eaten 40 pizzas in the past month. And he'd also eaten them and rubbed them all over his face. And probably washed each one down with a pitcher of beer. Yes. Uh, he also added that a day of reckoning was coming. And uh, this, by the way, aired literally right before the start of the coronavirus pandemic, yeah. leading many to believe that Papa John Schnatter was, in fact, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. We really learned a lesson by crossing him. Yeah, we and yeah. The last year has definitely been a reckoning. Mm -hmm. We should have listened. Anyway, the pandemic is hopefully almost over. So uh, let's let's check in with Papa John. See what he's going. What's going on with Papa John after all these months? Yeah. And um, okay, yeah. So he's trying real fucking hard to stop saying the N word. That's for damn sure. I guess that's good. Yeah. Apparently, this is a huge struggle for him, though, because in an interview with OAN, which is now just a, a dumping ground for people who threw their business away during the Trump administration, uh, he was quoted as saying, we've had three goals in the past 20 months. To get rid of this N-word in my vocabulary, which yeah, <laughs> that quote, uh, taken at face value, makes it seem like he's really struggling to not just blurt out the word at any random moment because yeah. he loves it so damn much. But he did later clarify that what he meant was that he's been trying to rehabilitate his good name in the time that has passed since he said the word on that conference call, not that every day is a struggle to not say it. <laughs> Which is, yeah. Although that could also be true as well. Yeah, he, he could screw up every once in a while and accidentally say it, I guess. But mm -hmm. uh, also he's trying to make people forget about the, the little oopsie that happened before. I'm trying real hard not to say it, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, at the very least, he does look healthier in this most recent interview. Yeah. We're not exactly sure what his end goal is here. Uh, does he really want to just be the mascot of his former company again? I don't think they're going to let him back in yeah, a I, position I of power there. I don't think so. Yeah. We're not sure. But based on the background of his call, uh, he's doing fine. He's extremely wealthy. Yeah. Helps when you pay your employees, like, just <laughs> starvation wages. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty bad uh, example of being canceled to show... On screen anyway, but that's, that's... Yeah, the Chiron below him was like... Canceled. Uh, yeah, the depths of cancel culture. And he's like sitting canceled in a kitchen... That, saying the N-word? Si sitting in a kitchen that costs more than most people's homes. His house is insane. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, before we get into some incredibly surprising news about one of the most popular and beloved channels on YouTube... Uh, let's take a quick break and thank today's sponsors for making this show possible. First up, it's ExpressVPN. Does it make sense that the same company who controls half of online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home? What about the idea that a single company controls 90% of internet searches, runs your email service, and gets to track everything you do on your smartphone? Big tech is more powerful than most countries are, and they profit off exploiting your personal data. It's time to put a layer of protection between your online activity and these tech juggernauts. And that's why we use ExpressVPN. Think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, every site you visit, video you watch, or message you send gets tracked and data mined. But when you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address, something big tech can use to personally identify you. So ExpressVPN makes your activity harder to trace and sell to advertisers. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers on your network. And ExpressVPN does all this without slowing your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN service by CNET and Wired. Uh, what we like most about ExpressVPN is 
It's easy to use. Yes. You just download the app on your phone or computer, tap one button, and you are protected. So stop handing over your personal data to the big tech monopoly that mines your activity and sells your information. Protect yourself with the VPN we trust to keep us safe online. This is expressvpn.com slash todaydaily. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash todaydaily to get three extra months for free. Expressvpn.com slash todaydaily to learn more. This episode is also sponsored by Gabby. We're all looking for ways to save money, right? Especially now. So let's ask you this. How would you like to keep an extra $961 a year in your pocket? Well, that's how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance. That's why when you shop for insurance, you should check out Gabby. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. You just link your current insurance and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. Yeah, it's super easy. Uh, takes like five minutes and uh, yeah, then you just you get to see exactly what your p potential options for insurance for a homeowner or renter's insurance, car insurance, um, yeah, it's all right there on one page. Mm -hmm. And you can really see uh, if you're getting screwed and how much you're getting screwed. And the ability to change that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff that really adds up over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So you want to do it. But yeah, like you said, Gabby customers save $961 per year on average. Uh, I bet that would be nice to have in your pocket every year. If they can't find you savings, uh, they'll let you know so you can relax knowing you have the best rate out there. That's mm -hmm. what happened to me, actually. Yep. And uh, they'll never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls. You're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. So see how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check, and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash today daily. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash today daily. Gabby.com slash today daily. All right, now uh, back into the news with uh, the completely surprising revelation, at least to us, that all gas, no brakes was Apparently not an independent channel that was run by the people who worked on it directly. Yeah, this was very surprising. Yeah, it, it, of course, that includes most notably the host and man on the mic, Andrew Callahan. Yeah. Uh, the channel, which has exploded in popularity over the past few years, it features a simple structure. Andrew goes to unique events and places and just lets people talk, interjecting every once in a while with a simple question that allows the person being interviewed to just continue digging themselves deeper and deeper. Uh, he does it extremely well. And it's really impressive that he's able to not only keep a straight face while on camera, but also doesn't back down in stressful or awkward situations. Yeah, he's he's uh, like Nathan Fielder levels of like keeping a straight face it's in the face of absolute absurdity. It sounds like an easy task that anyone could do, but I assure you that this man has balls of steel. Yeah, you know, there's there's videos where he's been like in what I would consider danger. Yeah, um, and yeah, he just. He goes with it. Yeah. The videos, they, this is a great channel. Yes. And a real standout, excellent YouTube channel. Always we looked are, forward to all yeah, of their posts. We are fans, but it looks like the All Gas No Breaks channel was actually owned by another company. And Andrew and the rest of his crew were essentially just working for them. And it was not some small homegrown channel, according to some recent posts from him regarding an abrupt exit amidst contract disputes with the company who owns and operates the channel that their videos appear on. Um, I mean, you know the channel, you know who Andrew is. So uh, let's just read what was posted. Yeah. I am no longer associated with All Gas, No Breaks. I no longer receive any of the Patreon crowdfunding, YouTube monetization, or any other show income. Nick and Evan, who lived in the RV and created the original show material, are also no longer involved. We have no control over the accounts or future of the show. Uh, it continues, 
When I was 20, I wrote a book called All Gas, No Brakes about hitchhiking around America as a teenager. At 21, I pitched the idea of a video-based roadshow to a production company who loaned me an RV to make videos and explore America with my best friends. I was ecstatic. I signed an employment contract without reading it. Lesson learned. Mm. Thank you for supporting me these past years. It's been the time of my life. I can't wait to show you guys what I'm doing next. This is not the end. It's only the beginning to a bright, independent future for the team. Yeah. So I, I still don't understand exactly like the creation of this channel, like how that went down. But it looks like from what I've seen, the, there it's like a so yeah, MCN or a talent agency that kind of just provided them with the initial springboard it's monetiza a, yeah, like it's monetary a business model that I didn't think was still viable anymore. It's like the kind of thing you would have seen back in like the Machinima Maker Studios days. Like where, here's some money to get started yeah, on our channel. Yeah, we own your channel. We'll give you like a annual budget. Keep making videos and we own the content. But here you go. Um, I was just shocked particularly for this one because it feels like... Yeah, yeah it feels yeah. like independent content. It does not feel like official content. And technically, which, uh, look, we're not we're not by any means shitting on this because they did a wonderful job and they deserve all the success going forward. But what was crazy about it was that like, I mean, it, it really was. It, it mean, was, I, yeah, except I, for another company had originally, bank like what it appears to us is that another, another company originally bankrolled it and therefore was financially reaping the rewards while they were just getting some kind of salary for doing yeah. it. And they probably saw how big the videos were getting and how well it was doing and obviously wanted to renegotiate because yeah. they were, I'm sure, I am sure of it, getting completely robbed by yeah. the company that owned it. I don't want to get too into it, but this is uh, eerily similar to something my wife, who is also a YouTuber, went through uh, a few, maybe like a year or so ago. Uh, this like, has happened, yeah, multiple yeah, times with like, multiple channels. Yeah, you 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 take an opportunity from a company who's willing to fund something, but you're essentially doing all the work, and it reaches a point where you're like, wait, I'm getting kind of fucking screwed here. Yeah. Like, I'm doing all the stuff, but because I don't own the content, and I have no power uh, in this relationship, and I'm technically replaceable, and uh, yeah, that. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the the official account for All Gas, No Breaks, the pretenders to the throne, yeah. who now, they have nothing to do with the, the person and the crew who built this brand over the past few years. Uh, they sent out a post of their own today, which makes it appear as though they're expanding. It reads, sorry for the lack of content. The team is still working on a secret project that we can announce soon. In the meantime, we're officially taking the show international, and we're looking for correspondence from around the world. Email us content if interested. And then, yeah, then they list the show's email address. Yeah. No scabs. No scabs. Yeah. Sounds like whatever happened behind the scenes, uh, the, the All Gas, No Breaks channel is going to attempt to forge ahead doing the show without them. The, the people who built the entire fucking thing, which, good fucking luck, because that never works. No. It, we, it, we, we have seen this exact play happen in front of our times. eyes in the same room we're in. We're like, it's not going to work. People watch content because of the people on the screen. You yeah. can you can uh, swap them out with other people all you want. It's not going to fucking work. Yeah. We don't have to tell you how well things uh, will pan out for something like this, especially when it's a channel on YouTube. People are here for the creators and not the brand name. And when you change something or the original people involved leave, it is next to impossible to salvage that brand. There are Countless examples to name, but uh, obviously the one you know, the one we know, Inside Gaming comes to mind. 
And the fact that when teams of creators leave larger companies to start off on something new because they were burned, the audience typically follows them and not only doesn't return to the former, former brand name, but actually ends up having a hefty dose of animosity towards it because they're aware that there are pretty good reasons why things changed. And it usually has to do with the people who made something popular and entertaining getting screwed. Yeah, I mean, Machinima, this is the story of Machinima. They're... Biggest mistake was thinking anyone gave a shit about Machinima, the brand, and not the content creators working under that brand. I remember specifically one of like the things that I kept saying whenever like executives there would ask what we meant about that. I kept saying, look, people don't buy the AMC channel t-shirts. They yeah. buy the Walking Dead t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. You, no one, <laughs> you don't say I'm... Uh... Well, like there are Disney fans. That's yeah. Good, but you wouldn't say I'm a Warner Brothers fan. You'd be like a Harry Potter fan or mm -hmm. a DC Comics fan. Yes. Uh, you're like, yeah. It's uh, it's. I feel like it should be obvious, but they, yeah, they never got it. No, but uh, hey, that that gives us a good reason to say thanks for following us over here from our Machinima channel. By the way, you really showed them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we're sure that this exact same thing is going to happen here with all gas, no brakes. People will almost certainly follow Andrew and the team over to whatever they want to do next. And the only thing left of the all gas, no brakes channel will be the old episodes and a much lower amount of audience who watches new episodes with wonders where the hell the original cast is until they scroll down to the comments section to see people literally ripping the channel and its owners a new asshole for losing their biggest star. Yes. Uh, yeah. Something similar happened with like Super Deluxe as well. Changed to like Tatered, I think. <laughs> it, it just, there's just so many examples of companies just intentionally torpedoing themselves over shit like this. Yeah. But yeah, it, it really sucks for the guy himself because he created hours upon hours of content and great videos that will continue to make money for the rest of time, but not for him. He's no. not going to see any of that money. And uh, yeah, that truly is the worst part because a lot of these episodes are timeless and there's a steady stream of income presumably forever from yeah. them, unless they pull a machinima and just delete it, make it all go away yeah. forever. Uh, yeah. Residuals are a security blanket that a lot of people don't have. And now it's just going to the company that owns the channel who uh, screwed over the person who made it. So that sucks. Uh, but yeah, definitely stay tuned for what he does next. That's the thing is like, say, for example, not that it would ever have happened, but say we were allowed to maintain ownership of like the ETC channel back when mm -hmm. we got canceled by cancel culture. Yeah. Um, say we were able to keep that and we could just tie our business account to it. And it's like, it probably wouldn't make a lot of money every month. It would be like a couple hundred bucks. But yeah, we did hundreds of videos. Yeah, it was there. hundreds of videos. Yeah. Uh, Some of them very timeless. Yeah. So that would have been nice. Could have started selling those episodes as NFTs. Oh, yeah. Bring, bring in the real money. Anyway, yeah. start our channel over from the beginning here and yeah. just leave it on a loop. Yeah. Anyways, finally today, it's official. Bethesda is now part of Microsoft, oh. which uh, we're not exactly sure what the correct response to this news is. We've already been through it, but now it's official. Bethesda, they haven't really had the most incredible track record in the recent years, but it goes without saying that they have made some of the best games in video game history throughout their existence. Now they're owned by the company that makes Xbox, and they also have nearly a decade of mistakes to learn from. So, I mean, we're hoping that the future's positive for Bethesda. And you know who else is owned by Microsoft? Obsidian Entertainment. Mm. Oh, yes. Could that be the crossover that finally gets it the right? The last 
truly good Fallout, pretty much the only truly good like Fallout game that doesn't have massive caveats to it is Fallout New Vegas. And finally, the two companies that collabed on that masterpiece are under the same roof again. Having said that, that wouldn't matter if all of the developers had already left to go to different companies. It's like how... Uh, uh, we just talked about it. The, the company that makes uh, Mass Effect. Yeah. Bioware. Yeah. Everyone just left that. So it's like if the Bio, Bioware name's on it, it's like they have the IP. I'm sure they can get talented people to work on it. But yeah. the people who made the games you love probably might not be there. Anyways, uh, this is great news if you already have get Xbox Game Pass because you're about to get a lot more games to play. And uh, that's cool. At the very least, we just hope that due to negative fan reaction to some of their most baffling decisions over the past few years, that they... Fingers crossed, won't screw up Elder Scrolls 6. Oh, yeah, I forgot they're making another Elder They announced that like three years ago. And it's probably not going to come out for another six no. years. No. Coronavirus, what are you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> we, had all, we all had, we're all adjusting to this new normal, this which means it's going to be another six years. Anyways, here's some snippets from that press release. Today, we officially complete the acquisition of ZeniMax Media, parent company of Bethesda Softworks. It's an honor to welcome the eight incredibly talented development studios and their passionate global communities to the Xbox family. Now that everything is official, we can begin working together to deliver more great games to everyone. At every step building towards this moment, I've been inspired and motivated by the creativity, insight, and community-first approach of the talented people at Bethesda. Our goal is to give these teams the best foundation for doing their greatest work and to learn from them as we continue to build Xbox into an inclusive platform for all players. This is the next step in building an industry-leading first-party studios team, a commitment we have to our Xbox community. With the addition of the Bethesda creative teams, gamers should know that Xbox consoles, PC, and Game Pass will be the best place to experience new Bethesda games, including some new titles in the future that will be exclusive to Xbox and PC players. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Sorry, PlayStation, you'll just have to deal with the hundreds of amazing yeah. exclusive titles you have. Yeah, all the, like, just the absolute clear lead they have on first party yeah titles. original ip uh they just completely stomp microsoft into yeah. the dirt so that's what microsoft is doing is they're acquiring these studios because they need content yeah yeah it makes sense yeah it looks like playstation might be hung out to dry on uh, some exclusive titles or i don't know you get a sparkly sword in the new elder scrolls that only xbox can have uh fucking master chiefs there yeah lots of fun <laughs> but that's the way she goes it's just the way she goes that's the way she goes Anyways, that's it for this episode. We'll see you soon for a new episode with lots of tech news and, uh, you know, then some entertainment news and then some weird news. Hey, listen, just stick around. Also, news, 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 news. We're going to be on the Funhouse podcast on Thursday. On Thursday. We were on it live today, but it's impossible to watch. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. But uh, it's going to be on their channel on Thursday, so watch that. And then next week, we're thinking about doing a live stream for uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day because... Yeah. It'll be the official year of going in lockdown. Yeah, that's a fun milestone. Yeah, so we'll, we might we might do that. Anyways, have a have a great week. Well, Bye. we'll see you soon. But you know, yeah, we will. Bye.